All right, welcome back to another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. My name is Ethan Shalloway. I'm joined, as usual, by Chris Salona, and this is episode 55. Chris, how the hell are you doing, buddy? Man, we're, we're bringing it to you just like clockwork, right on time. I have to say, um, I wore number 55 uh, when I played high school football, and as we know here in the States, your high school sports accomplishments, <laughs> they ring forever true. So this episode is near and dear to my heart. I'm doing pretty well today. Uh, we're sitting down here on uh, April the 6th uh, to take care of this. This episode's coming out on Monday, April the 11th. But uh, today, later today, I'm going to see Jerry Cantrell, and I'm, I'm fucking excited. I'm really excited about it. This is huge. This is really yeah. important. I know, or everybody knows that, obviously, we're huge Allison Chains fans, but you definitely have taken, um, you know, Taking a liking to Jerry's solo stuff quite a bit, and you had you had a, a big stint. So I think this is a, a really important for you to go. Yeah. We just had a friend who just went the other day. We actually had our, one of our top level patrons, yeah. Doug Endy. Doug Endy was there when it happened. Doug Endy and, and one of my my old boss Andy. So they um, you know, they led they led a few days early, and now you get to follow. And I'm excited for you. It sounds like it's going to be way more epic than yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like I feel like. You'd expect one thing, but you're going to get even more than you've ever mm-hmm. expected. No, I, I feel similarly, and I'm, I'm really excited uh, for next week's episode because I'll be able to talk about it, and, yeah. uh, and I can't do that yet since it hasn't happened, so we just have to wait a little bit longer, Ethan. How are you today? I'm doing well. This is, yeah. uh, it rained yesterday and it rained today, but- It's um, raining here now. Is it raining where you are? Yeah, and, it um, is. It's, uh, it's all good. Uh, yeah, it's midweek. Um, or second day, and, you know, we're just kind of moving along. It's a solid week. No complaints. No just got to do the work. Yeah, the big wheel. I guess the big wheel is turning for me. So a lot, uh, a lot yeah. of moving parts, um, you know, coming up. So we're about to really kick into the high gear, but it's uh, silent right now. So Absolutely. Well, we, we like high gear, and uh, the Grunge Bible podcast is always in high gear. 24-7-365, that wheel is rolling, and that wheel rolls thanks to our top-level patrons and all of our patrons. And, uh, Ethan, we get to ring the bell quite a bit this week because, uh, in case you, a, yeah, in case yeah. you don't know, we, uh, we just gave away some stuff to the patrons. Yeah, this is a huge uh, announcement, I guess. We have our three winners from our Kafara print giveaway, and through that time, we picked up a, quite a bit of patrons, so... We have a lot of new people um, to thank, and it was exciting, Chris. I mean, we did a month, and how many did we? How many did we add? Twelve. I think we gained like thirteen or fourteen people. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like yeah. A lot this of supporters awesome. of the cause, and and we're hopeful they'll stick around, and we're hopeful the the more we'll join them because this is while this may have been the first, this is not the last time we'll do this. But uh, to to thank these individuals right now, so uh, um, as we sit down to record this, um, anyone whose name we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, I will now speak it out into the world. So at the $2 level, we had a few people join. Uh, we had Charlotte Northcutt. We had Clark Flanagan join. And we also, we also had Alicia join at the $2 level. And at the $5 level, we had the great Louis Johnson Todd get into the mix there. Uh, we're very happy to see that. Welcome aboard, Louis. And then at the $10 level, we've got Alex Long, Brenda, and Darian Riddle. And, uh, you know, what more could you ask for right there? I mean, they took the leap of faith uh, into that top level tier, uh, which keeps this show rolling along here in our 55th week. And um, those three individuals join Captain Hightop, Nikki Six, Laura Nyreen, Shannon Gorgone, Sonny Mashburn, Sue 
Marianne, Millie, Kayla Jean, Alexis Shannon, Jamie Lynn, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, our number one fan from Australia, Fuck Soup, Rachel Corning, Millie, Release, Jade Mercado, Doug Endy, Wayne Saley, Victor Schaefer, The Blue Owl, Kara Kay, Chris, and Black Hole Sean at the $10 level. So the, the $10 club, it's, uh, you know, the, the room, the room is, there's a little bit less elbow room in that club right now, which is what I love to see. I mean, you gotta have a good time. You're banging elbows with people just having a yeah. great old time. So really, really pumped the rails. about that. They're at the rails for the, uh, the Grunge Bible concert, you know, the podcast concert. And yeah. I mean, love that. I mean, I, the fact that our, our, you know, our highest tier is our most filled tier is, yeah. That's good. That's a really good feeling. You know what I mean? People are, are choosing to support as much as they can, and yeah. that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I know we already mentioned this on the on the Patreon because uh, that is who it pertained to, but I feel the need to shout out the winners of the uh, the Grunge oh, yeah. Bible Chris Cafaro print giveaway extravaganza. Yeah, I was I was about to say the same thing. I think we we give an announcement to all the people. Absolutely. So now it's time to announce that. Uh, to the to the to the general public. So at the two dollar level, we were giving away a thirteen by nineteen Chris Cornell artist's print taken by Chris Cafaro, and that print was won by Alicia. Alicia got her Patreon membership in the last day of the month. It was the buzzer beater. She was the buzzer beater, and it yep. paid off. And they're going home with a with a nice thirteen by nineteen Chris Cornell print. Then the five dollar level, we were giving away a thirteen by nineteen artist print of Pearl Jam. Uh, taken at Discovery Park up in Seattle. And that winner was Lindsay Calloway. Lindsay's been with us for uh, since I think the new year. So this is their, uh, their fourth month ride in the Grunge Bible train. And, and they were rewarded. I mean, what's, what's better than that? Nothing. Yeah, Nothing. that's awesome. And then lastly, the $10 top tier giveaway, a 17 by 22 artist print of Nirvana and an item of their choosing from the Grunge Bible store. The winner of the top tier giveaway was Fuck Soup. This is this you have to be so proud because obviously you're the reason that this man hates soup so much. <laughs> <laughs> I have a disciple, and the disciple was rewarded. And trust me, guys, this was not this was not biased. We used the wheel of names. <laughs> the wheel of names, wheelofnames.com or wheelofnames.net. I don't know, but uh it's that simple you pump the names in you spin the great wheel and the wheel the wheel can't lie ethan the wheel doesn't tell no. a lie no i kind of want to use it we could use it for like uh so we should put in like an album into it and just spin it and then talk about a song or two that would be yeah. kind of fun I, I, we need to do some live live action with the wheel of names because i was that uh, let me tell you ethan we we facetimed to select these winners it was electric it was watching electric. that watching that wheel spin it really seeing, was seeing what names came across but uh yeah that was that was a lot of fun i can't wait to do that again yeah <clears throat> so to all of the winners uh the three winners uh, alicia Lindsay calloway and fuck soup congratulations thank you so much for your support and uh to everyone who joined the patreon over the month of march to uh have a chance to win don't worry we're going to do a lot more of things of that nature as time rolls on so we hope you stick around and uh if you're listening out there and you're not a member of the club uh come on in there's enough there's enough room for all of us and uh if you want to get in for the next opportunity, we're going to give away some cool stuff. We've got a lot of good things planned as spring rolls into summer here in the United States and wherever you might be, whatever weather it is, who gives a shit? Good stuff is coming. <laughs> I love it. Um, so for this episode, we're going to get into it. We actually had a producer, Drew, on, and we talked about the Foo Fighters and then the Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
new album slightly touched on and um so yeah we're gonna have some fun and then um we actually kind of got off the rails a little bit at the end and we kind of went a little longer and if you want to hear the full-length podcast it's going to be up on the patreon so you're going to hear the first hour i say and then there's even more on the patreon that's just for those guys so um Keep that in mind if you want to hear the rest, if you like the banter. There's actually some, I mean, really good personal stories in there. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> if that's your thing. Which <laughs> if you want to hear us talk about stuff other than grunge, uh, we get into that a little bit at the end. So Yeah, this is for the hashtag not grunge crowd. You're yeah. going to want to make your way over there. But we had some fun talking about the Foo Fighters and hanging out with Drew. So um, we're going to cut to that now, and we'll be back afterwards to kind of wrap it up. Yeah, let's get into it. Here's our lovely producer, Drew McFadden. <laughs> that make up the triangle here you got Ethan Shelley, Chris Salona and our lovely producer Drew McFadden uh, we're popping on here to shoot some shit with you uh, how are the boys doing today how's Grunge Bible this Sunday night super awesome getting better all the time <laughs> how you doing man hey man you know what man you know what man I'm pretty damn tired I'm pretty it's tired Sunday. man I'm tired man <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything. It was very well, unproductive. Uh, well, man. gentlemen, it is indeed Sunday evening, and my energy levels are a little bit low. Uh, I'm a little <laughs> fatigued at this point. <laughs> man, you know what? <laughs> that's good. That's, that's expected after a hard week. You, you work hard, huh, Chris? I mean, not not harder than the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> but just hard enough just hard just hard enough and and just hard enough to make it appear that i'm working harder than i actually am yeah i do yeah. have to ask the bumble hat i love it where'd you get it what's the story <laughs> okay. so the story behind the bumble hat um free advertising for bumble. yeah free yeah. advertising anybody fuck, on just audio you, is wearing Fuck he's Bumble. A, he's um, wearing a Bumble hat with a logo on it i'm wearing so a bumble not. hat with a logo so uh the genesis of this hat and, and how i came into possession this must have been I think I was in college or right out of college, but I was with, I think it was with my girlfriend at the time and we gave one of her friends a ride home and they lifted it from the bar from somebody. So they stole it from somebody. They got into my car. I gave them a ride home and they happened to forget their bumble hat in the car after talking about it for the entire ride. But I figured that was, that was the fare for the, uh, for the taxi trip. So I just yeah, held on to the hat. So do you think that there was like a, a marketing thing that they I think got it was like a promoter you, promoter at the bar or something. Yeah. Or um, did someone buy that hat? <laughs> <laughs> I hope no one spent legal US tender on this hat. I really hope not. That would be like that, bad. Yeah, it's like it's like that movie the uh the legend of the traveling jeans or whatever with those chicks. Remember that, but it's a it's the bumble hat, dude. <laughs> Somebody's gonna steal that from Chris now. That's for all the yeah. Fans. It's like um, it's like the book club. Run it's like him. a book exchange. You know, I wear it for a while and I pass it on to somebody else. I've I've passed on a good a lot of good hats. Yeah, not uh, by Venice, choice sometimes. Venice, Venice Breakwater in Peter's Pub, man, in Pittsburgh. One of my one of my Peter's favorite, Pub, dude. Yeah, <clears throat> one of my favorite hats was given to me from Scott Simmer, and me and Chris loved a it. Friend we of went, ours from college, yeah. And we would wear it um, 
shoot, I don't know, to go out and stuff, and it disappeared on us. That was a good and hat. It was a good hat. It was, it was a, a really good hat. hat. Peter's Pub was a great spot in uh, Oakland, Pittsburgh. For and then they closed it. I only and went there then, underage. I never, I never was there. Yeah, back door uh, in the alleyway. That was I the turned, only way in. I turned 21 in Peter, Peter's Pub. Got my horns. They gave me oh, yeah. Viking horns there. Yeah. Yep. The tradition but, uh, lives. So we all have hats on, but Ethan, is that a Long Beach hat? It is. Wow. It is a Long Beach hat. It's from, from your, from your part, neck of the woods. Uh, from our um, buddy Nick, actually, he gave it to me. Imagine that. Yeah. So as you can see, this is a pretty casual episode. Uh, I'm not really sure if we're going to air it as a full episode or if it's a Patreon exclusive. We're not real sure yet, but we're going to be talking about the Foo Fighters because it's pretty, Naturally. It's yeah, it's pretty uh, timely. Timely. And uh, Drew's seen them. I've seen them. Sadly, Chris was not able to see them. Uh, the I thought to. I saw them with you, Drew, but we... we Determined that I did not, which yeah, makes sense. So. But you saw them. I think there was one time I was supposed to, and I think I couldn't make it, which would make sense. So we didn't see them together. But perhaps. And then we're, then we're gonna re- we're gonna review and give a a really hot take on the Red Hot Chili Peppers new album. Because <laughs> I know because everybody's. Came I have such strong that. opinions. I know. So that when was is, the so when was the first time your your memories of Foo Fighters? I can I can give you my. First memory, my first impression. Okay. My first memory, um, it would have to be, uh, well, I wouldn't say My Hero. The song My Hero was, it will always be like Foo Fighters. Like when I think of Foo Fighters, My Hero, the drums obviously come in. Super. Yeah, really great intro. Recorded by Dave, by the way, on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, and we used to, we used to play that. So I learned, learned that drum part and you, and we would play a few of their songs, but that was one that we would always jam. And I believe, um, I don't know if you were the one who, I mean, I mean, you loved Foo Fighters, so we'd listen to a lot. I'm not sure if you got me into them. Actually, you might have, or if it was Andy or some, um, somebody else, but I know that because your dad, Bill, he, he was a big he, Foo Fighter guy. Big, big, big. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was, I'm, huge, I'm sure huge. that I'm sure my, my love started, uh, same time and because of you, uh, if not the same exact moment. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, you? You said you got a really specific one. Yeah, because I didn't like them at first. I remember. Nice. So my dad was a huge. So he was a big uh, uh, grunge fan. Nirvana, especially Bush, Stone Temple Pilots, Stained, um, and then naturally followed Dave's uh, journey, and then Foo Fighters started. Was a huge fan of the first album, um, and then my first introduction from my my dad was um, their live acoustic album, Skin and Bones. Oh yeah, best Love of that you, album. best of you was my first little drink of Mr. Dave and the Foos. And I love that I, album. I hated it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't stand it. It was the one little thing that he did. I'm getting done on the best of you. I couldn't stand that he would just you at the end of every line. Like I was an engineer back then. I'm an engineer now. My ear was everything. Like just the noise of it. It was too really, much for uh, you. It was just like I like I was just like don't don't like Chris like uh I don't even know what the proper term is, but like just end it on the note rather than you. Yeah, don't hold that. Yeah. And it like bothered me forever. I didn't listen for years. Came back, 
matured up a little bit, and I was like, holy shit, these guys Underst- Understood it more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like uh, Tom DeLonge, the voice inside my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the voice inside my head. And everybody's like, why can't he just say head? And But it's his thing. Yeah. That's funny just- that you stuck that stuck out to you, and you, uh, you know, didn't like it for a while. For a minute, man. And then, like... Uh, I mean, I was man. like that with rooster uh, i was just gonna bring up <laughs> rooster because i know i remember very specifically when we were getting into this genre yeah, yeah. you're like you're like this worst. isn't good this isn't gonna do it for us and sure enough uh a couple of months we later or whatever that's, we're... that's so funny man rooster the first time i heard it i was like holy shit this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> two, two sides of the coin right there and, and even i remember um ethan uh jeremy by pearl jam was one that kind of yeah. stuck in your craw as well like uh, the chorus there where he's like Jeremy spoken uh, and we're like what is like we didn't know who Jeremy was first of all and then once you learn the story behind the song it kind of uh, you come around eventually but that doesn't surprise me with Dave's vocals um, particularly with that song I, I think um, and, and a lot of the song, stuff that he's that done recording that album yeah yeah, yeah. can't wait yeah, to listen to it after this you know, what you were going to say tape. Chris yeah, it's just like I, the way that Dave plays, I, I think at times, if you don't already have an appreciation for who he is, it can kind of come off as a little abrasive at times. Um, I, I have a really good friend uh, that is a big fan of Dave Dave Grohl's as well. And, and he's like, Dave Grohl doesn't know how to play any instrument softly. So whenever he plays acoustic, for example, he's just, he's just hammering away on that sucker. He doesn't know how to sing softly. Everything's just loud all the time. And and it's just kind of in your face. So if you're not ready for that, that can kind of come right out yeah. at you. Well, people who say that, they should listen to uh, his performance at the White House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing uh, <clears throat> That's a that good song? One. Uh, the Beatles uh, with Paul, Paul, or Paul McCartney song. Um, what was it called? Uh, oh. I'm blanking on it. Uh, band on the Run. run. Ban- literally Band on the Run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what a good really song. Good, really one of the good most amazing performance. performances. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He has, he has some great performances. That one was. That one is really at the top. He's a that's comedian a too, dude. He's like Paul, you're my hero, Mr. President, you're my other hero. <laughs> 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 Guy's just a class act, man. He he really but is. Yeah, what's your first recollection of Fu, uh, Chris? You know, it's it's difficult for me to think back um because i i still i'm not a uh i'm not someone who has spent tons and tons of time listening to the foo fighters but i would have to say probably around the time i was in high school um i think it was the wasting light album with um uh walk is was on there and i remember hearing that um at some point during my freshman year of high school i remember hearing that song and, and that i remember that popped out as something that i really liked and um having not really had an ear towards grunge rock or just rock modern ish rock i was still in the 60s and 70s at that point and and mm-hmm. i think i discovered that and then backtracked and learned like who dave was specifically and you know that he was a drummer and nirvana and everything and kind of put two and two together having obviously known like teen spirit and bloom and all that stuff and i i, I definitely think it was the wasting light album um that and then uh the, it was it was walking in these days for me um, because I, I believe at the time they were both getting some good radio play on uh, like modern uh, yeah. FM rock radio or whatever. So that was that was kind of my first entry. But there's still for me, there's a lot of the catalog that is still undiscovered or I haven't listened with intent to. So 
And it always sucks too, because I, I feel like a lot of times after a tragedy like this is only when a lot of people get in, um, and this a little bit of a tangent, but you know, Mark Lanigan passed away in February, um, a couple of months ago and somebody who follows the page direct message us and was like, Mark Lanigan's monthly listeners on Spotify are up like 150,000 right after he died. And it's just, it sucks that it takes a tragedy like Taylor's death, I think to, you know, to get people into this, into this band, into, into the music that they created sometimes. But I guess you'd rather have that than them not discover it ever. What's kind of seems like it's almost human nature, whether it was Chester's death to where every Linkin Park album was top five, top 10 in iTunes Mm -hmm. charts. Apple Music, Spotify charts, whether it's Will Smith and Chris Rock, some sort of crazy drama goes on <laughs> yep. there, and mm-hmm. Chris Rock's ratings and t- ticket sales are up 150% or something, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like it's human nature anytime that there's something unexpected almost, or it's something like unforeseen. Uh, humans are curious. So then oh, we're, yeah. we're just like, check it out. Certainly. It's like, what did I miss? Like, why are why is everybody upset? Why is there drama here? Let me look yeah. into it. Yeah, what did I miss exactly? <clears throat> Interesting, yeah. huh? Yeah. But, what album is your favorite, Drew? Do you have a favorite Foo album? They're all. I was like looking through. I looked just pulled up the Wasting Light album too, because that was that was right. We probably sophomores, maybe juniors in college. That was that, in high that was yeah. Was the that album was like that the, I saw live that tour. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw, I saw that one too. That's that gotta was... be my. Good. You say it's your favorite. That's gotta be my favorite, yeah, because um, it was when I was most uh, well, yeah, paying yep. attention. I was in yep. tune. <clears throat> I was social media was like booming. it was like a sweet spot. Yeah, like I know, had, I know. Like, that's exactly what I was gonna say. There's something special about be, like anticipating, like getting into them and anticipating a next album. I feel like there's a lot of anticipation for that album. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonic Highways has me and Chris have been passing back and forth um, a few videos of I Am a River. We love love that song. That's probably the best one off that album. That's a really really good song. But yeah, Wasting Light is a really good album. They all have good stuff. Yeah, yeah admittedly, post Wasting Light, I dropped off listening as much. Yeah. Just partly number one because their library is so extensive to where you can go back and listen to sort of the glory days and it doesn't really get old because there's so much. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. can kind of throw it in here and there and it's like, Oh my God, this song's so good. Oh, yeah. You know, I was just at, I had a, uh, getting lunch earlier today and times like these came on, hadn't heard the radio version in forever or the, uh, the album version. And dude, does it just blow you away every time? It's just so, it's just so good, you know. That exact like, same thing happens to me with that same song because a lot of times I'll listen to an acoustic version or a live version where it's a little slower, and 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 the full band, especially the studio version, it's just so hard driving right from the get go. Yeah. And I don't think of that song like that. I think of the Skin and Bones version when I think of it. And then when you hear the album cut, you're like, holy shit! Like this is a fast mover. Yeah. I remember playing that live with Ethan and uh, our friend uh, Andy uh, from hometown, playing uh, times like these. Dude, the 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 something that maybe non musicians don't know is the complexity yeah. of the Foo Fighters music compared yeah. to even Nirvana music. Nirvana, or even, for sure. Yeah, like the complexity of the chords and everything that that Dave 
composes is stupid, dude. Not to mention Taylor's drums, but let's just talk about the guitar playing for a second. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The he's timing, primar- the... Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we're talking about the crazy part is that he's a primarily a drummer, you know, ob- like when he started. And I couldn't imagine, like, <laughs> like, like learning, going, like learning guitar and then going to drums, I feel like would be easier than like being, being a drummer for so long and then learning guitar. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because I think we all have the tendency to illuminate and fixate upon the loudest element of who somebody is so with dave for example his his personality just jumps at you so much and his origins as a drummer um is kind of where that story begins that and and his lyrics and his voice is so loud and he's got so much energy you you also forget i mean he's running around the stage he's playing guitar at the same time and like you said drew like those guitar parts are not, it's not like, oh, the drummer decided to pick up a guitar and, and write three chords in the truth here. Like he's, he's an intelligent dude and he's a good player. And and it's so funny too, because he, he's explained a couple of times, like how he looks at the guitar and he basically looks at the, at the guitar, like it's a drum and like the lower strings serve a certain purpose, just as a, an element of drumming would and the higher string is really, really interesting. But it's just, I think some people have those minds that just are already beginning from such an advanced stage of understanding yeah. that you know if they devote mm-hmm. time to it it's just gonna work yeah and try try playing all my life as a guitar player in the right time sign like like the right it's kind of like a um rock and roll by led zeppelin mm-hmm. like everybody tries to play the intro correctly like especially like the drummers yeah when do you come in? Is it one, two, and or is it one, two, three, and or yeah. like all my life is very similar, man. Dun 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 dun. Oh my life. Like it's like a very actually not simple. Like, no. You know. mm-hmm. I remember fucking that up so much trying to play. <laughs> yeah, dude. At times like these that we try to like like it Yeah, it just took took a while to figure it out. <laughs> They're so good, man. They're just fantastic well and especially as they progressed as a band and they added more members into the fold especially when they would play live i mean when you're in the studio you're on your own time and you'll stay there for as long as you need to with the money that they had obviously to get it right but when they play live (laughs) like they just i mean there's there's a bunch of people on the stage and they're all with it and they're all um they're all able to just do it on the fly sometimes which is something that's always impressed me just that improvisational nature of live music um is just so so impressive to me especially when they're moving around and playing with such energy and such speed as they often did at that level though uh, it's 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 usually supposed to look improv but it's really not yeah just it's just that's how good they are yeah and they've been playing together for god knows how long too when and like the level like you guys can can understand like uh from the sports angle where once you're exposed to a certain level of expertise in something you're like oh that's how good people can be or people are right yeah same thing in my experience when in music where it was just like came out to la and started working in some studios it was like oh that's how good you are yeah oh wow right (laughs) like so these people are just levels and levels levels so good dude so like taylor hawkins as a drummer just levels above anything that your brain computes as a good drummer you know yeah 
Dave, same thing, just as a musician, just levels above what you're like. That's, oh, I know, like, I can put into uh, my, like, picture in my brain what a good musician is, and then Dave is just 100x, you know? He's He's got to be one of the most, I mean, there's, there's probably, there, like you said, they're all at this level, but he seems so, such a complete musician to me in the way that he can perform, you know, write, compose, obviously play every instrument, kind of run a band, interact the way that he mm-hmm. is a front man. I mean, um, one of the tours, I didn't get to see it, but my, I, I, you probably went to the one right after he broke his leg and he built the guitar, the guitar throne at all of his things. And he literally gave a show, he had a broken leg, so he couldn't do his normal running around and he still toured and just sat and played. And it was like, you know, not Dave Grohl normal, but like he's still yelling from, <laughs> from a yeah. shit position and like, like, you know, people don't do that. Like, he just was so um, ready for the, any challenge. Like, he would just do it, and he wouldn't He wouldn't look back. And, and then Taylor took that on. Like, Taylor coming out from behind the drums and starting singing and, and doing that. Like, they were just fearless in the way that they attacked uh, concerts. And I think writing probably too. But uh, I think that they're going to – they're like – they were going to be, in my eyes, like, you know, U2 and, like, Queen, like, the – the big anthem rocks like that's what foo fighters were um in like our age i think like that's where they were gonna keep going i think they love that idea and those are so big influences for all the guys they've talked about it and damn they were good at it i guess like i told chris the other day like i mean i saw them in the back of like as far as ways you could sit and it was like still incredible their sound just travels so well they're so so good for a big venue good music for it it seems like also how the level of importance that they placed on their live product and, yeah. and how they performed live. I mean, these guys, how many commas are in their bank accounts and how, how long they've been doing it. They had every reason to take a night off or whatever, when they're rolling through some random town on a random August Thursday night or whatever. Um, but I feel like pretty much with no exceptions, they played, they played their balls off every single time they took the stage. And yeah. Dave was always so thankful and grateful for the crowd. Like he, he's like, and he wanted, you know, he owed him, you know, he owed us, he, he would say. And he's like, yeah. you know, I want to give you the best performance every night. Like, I don't care. Like the one when I was in, in Ohio, something happened like the day before where they lost like a bunch of their luggage or something, something happened and they lost <laughs> a bunch of shit. And he basically was telling him, he's like, he's like, but we don't give a fuck. And he's like, tonight is our night. And he's like, we're going to have the best damn night we've ever had. We're going to play the best show we've ever played. Oh, he would always say that too. He'd be like, who's seen us before? And everybody would yell and raise their hands and be like, well, we sucked back then. He's like, we're so much better now. He's like, so sorry you had to hear us, but now we're the best we've ever, you know, and then he would do that and like all the time. And he meant yeah. it. Like he's like he knew. Yeah, that they, they believed were, they, that. You oh, know, yeah. like it seems I love like that uh, shit. it seems like very high performing people in general sort of adopt that philosophy to where I remember, and, and I'm so sorry that I don't remember his name, but he was the longtime producer of the Rolling Stones. I had the opportunity to work with him for a few days, and his like biggest advice to me was doesn't matter what the project is, doesn't matter. And you can translate this to any industry, any yeah. facet of your life. doesn't matter what you're doing. You got to give it your all every single time. He's like, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. doesn't matter how repetitive it gets. 
you are what you are. You are what you make. You are what you produce. So you got to give it your all. Same thing with, it sounds like you're saying, like what Dave is saying, like, he's like, every night, doesn't like they've been playing, Chris, you said how many commas they have in the in the bank. They've been doing this for 20, 30 years. It's like, yeah. it doesn't matter. They're giving it their fucking all every time, you know? And I think like, you can just put that in any uh, facet of your life and, 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 uh, try to emulate that as well, you know, just a, as a high-performing person seems like they do, just giving it your 110% every day, you know? Totally, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, they're pretty badass. Um, is there anything else? Oh, I was going to mention the, the Greatest Hits album. And it's interesting because Dave, I think they, when they were, they, they were the, late, the record label was really pushing to release one, and, like, Dave didn't want to do it, and he was, like, pissed when they like put it out because he's like this isn't even like you know the songs i would put on my on the on my list you know and well, the was, wheels wasn't wheels on that uh, well so there were two there were there was two there's about two or three songs from each album and then wheels and um word forward are on there and they're both songs that are not on an album i wanted to bring them up because those are two of my favorite songs by these guys and they were songs that they would use as sound check so they would play it was like a you know, the unknown or the un, unsaid code or, or however you want to say it, they, uh, you know, they just would play songs. They wouldn't play the songs that they play for the yeah, show. Yeah. They, they would play these two. So they would always yeah. kind of develop new songs as the tour goes on. But those two songs are so badass. They're so good. And uh, I do want to bring up, oh, I was looking at it and one of the Pitchfork writers Wrote that those two songs didn't deserve to be on the greatest hits album. That well, guy we have fuck beef off. with Pitchfork. Yeah, We've had it for a long time. Had it for a while, but that's just ludicrous. I, I, I he's like they don't, they don't. They, it should be a couple other songs that he mentioned. And I'm like, dude, if Dave wanted those on there for the greatest hits, like, and it's it's funny because they're not even on there, but I, 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 they feel like they deserve to be on there. Wheels is such a like such a Foo Fighter song to me. It, it sounds so like good. big. It sounds like big me like kind of feeling to it mm-hmm. so good so First, fun uh, so fun to play vh1 storytellers dude yep. wheels exactly live is so good yeah. yeah yep that's what they have like our favorite word forward performances on the storytellers mm-hmm. oh my so god yeah you gotta that's bring so back good. storytellers too they did a lot a lot of people I, I was looking at the list and i was like i didn't realize i kind of want to go back and watch a lot of them like yeah there's, <laughs> so a, there's a really good one uh, for pearl jam yeah, too of yeah, yeah. vh1 storytellers yeah. where uh Eddie Vedder spoke about the um, the genesis to writing the song alive, um, and kind of how the meaning has changed for him over the years. Mm. Is is something that was a negative is now a positive. Yeah, that was a that was a really really cool platform, and and it's really like you said, Ethan. There's a lot of people that don't even remember you weren't aware that they were on there, and uh, a cool space. Yeah, Jules Holland as well. From yes, BBC. One of my favorite. Um, performances that i've seen on youtube only uh the foo fighters was jules holland best of you just mm. the mix you know again going back to just my ear loves the the noise the the right noise makes me turns me on um just the mix of best of you at jules holland live oh my god dude i think they, they did a uh all my life candy. a few times yeah, it was just like it was just an amazing performance and uh early yeah, it was like back I forget what that what's the album with um All My Life? Is that uh remember Is that Echoes? 
Let me see. Nah. No, no, no. That's uh, with the Pretender. Doesn't matter, but... Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. In but your, yeah. In your honor? No. One by one. One by one. Thank yeah, you. 2002's one by one. So mad long ago. 20 years, dude. Imagine that. But yeah. A couple years amazing. in between. I think I sent you guys like... Um, a, uh, a video of the Foo. One of my favorites playing... Um, it was the Wasting Light Tour. They did the Garage uh, Tour first, if you remember. Yeah. To where yeah, or go, yeah you, like, did, you did send us uh, a couple of days ago. You sent that over to yeah. us. And it was, uh, I think it was their, their first or their last stop or something of the tour. And it was this firefighter's house who was like a huge fan, um, really connected with Wasting Light and Walk and everything. And they uh, played it in his garage. And it was just like I must have missed the, that text. I didn't see that video. Well, that's a, that's a shame. I know. But, uh, I was, at least excited. one of us I'm pays excited. attention to the group chat. I'm excited now, dude. It's amazing. Like just like the level of like me and Ethan used to call it um, tightness. Just yeah. like when you're just tight with like with the band and like just you know my strum is the you know perfectly in sync with like the snare hit that Ethan hits or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just like the level of tightness that you could just witness there with a really shitty like iPhone uh, yeah. know, 4 or whatever was filmed <laughs> back then on it. Yeah. Like yeah. it just like it's not like a nice camera. It's not like the best sound quality, but it's just honest and it's raw and it's it's amazing. And the passion from the whole crowd it's in New, New York is just really, really special. Um it's one of my favorite videos that I've ever seen them play, My Hero. Um, yeah, it's just badass. So anybody, I forget exactly what the title is, but definitely go look up just um, Foo Fighters. Garage uh, Tour, Hero, the first Gar- stop, yeah. Garage Tour, yeah, it'll come up. Yeah, it's so sad now. Kind of because, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with, with, with the Foo Fighters now, but I mean, regardless of whether they continue or not, I mean, there's obviously a large chapter that's closed in it really sucks but i mean there's so many things to go back and and look at and to take in and to for someone like me who's not super well read to discover and to share you know as we're sharing in it right now and uh i mean man they they put so much so much music and so many experiences out into the world and i think that's uh for anyone who's a rock and roll fan it seems like everybody saw the foo fighters at some point like everyone saw everyone was like yeah like it's a wednesday night i'm gonna go the foos are playing i'll go i'll go grab a grab a ticket and go see what they're about and uh they made a lot of memories with people mm-hmm. i feel like dave was um i mean he's obviously a storyteller and he was is he has a lot of content like he i feel like he loves recording and videos and stuff so there it's well documented a lot of the stuff that they've done like there's the docu-series and there's you know you know back and forth or whatever the movie it's a good and, documentary yeah yeah really good and so there's like a lot of stuff and so the stories are there it's really nice because there's some there's other acts where there's not much to look back yeah. on i mean and, even dave's book uh which he yeah. recently released i think within the last year i haven't had yeah. a chance to read it yet but um I, there's just some people i think once they once they make the decision when they're in their youth to create and to make art I mean, as long as they're here, they're not going to stop. And I, I think, despite all the tragedy, I think that's happening. Dave Grohl, 
that's always going to be something that exists within him. I hope so, man. I hope so I remember, too. I mean, I uh, I called Ethan the night that y'all posted about Taylor, and I was just like, my first, I, I think, you know, my first thought was, well, my first thought was like, holy shit, Taylor. But my second near immediate next thought was just, God damn, don't you just feel for Dave? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't even. I mean, it was. It's like one of us. If one of us passed away, <laughs> and and we don't even. We haven't even had twenty five years. To, like as we're thirty years together doing music. Yeah. Touring it's, every it's every so night. So sad. I just mean everything that he's gone through. Whether it was like the you know. Yeah. The yeah. Hurt we, and, it's yeah, it is like how much how much hurt is is one person able to uh, sustain themselves under, and and you know, how hard can you get hit and not break? It's like the people that leave. Uh, it's like you feel bad because they left, but then it's really the people that are still here that you're like really feel bad for. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're yeah. they're the ones dealing with it. Yeah. pick up the pieces. That's why, like, I'm I'm anxious to see if Dave's gonna say anything or come out and like I, you know, obviously people are wondering and stuff, but like, I don't even I almost don't want him to say anything either because yeah, it's, shouldn't, well, it's yeah, crazy because we're sitting here because they would ask April. him about they, people ask about Kurt all the time and it's like yeah. they and they still ask him about Kurt they still and yeah. we're sitting here, I think. uh time we're recording this it's eight or nine days after taylor passed away i mean it's so it's so soon and and as we speak right now i think the foo fighters are winning a bunch of grammys right now and uh you know it's just i don't know when the time's gonna be right for dave and when he's gonna feel like the time is right because i can't i can't even relate to how he must be feeling or the band must be feeling or taylor's family must be feeling yeah. It's wild, dude. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> to say it's uh always a pleasure to talk about the Foo Fighters, talk about some of the performances. They definitely have a lot to be celebrated and a lot to look at. Very thankful for everything they've done. Um speaking of stuff that people have done, did you guys see that Red Hot Chili Peppers released a new album on Saturday? <laughs> the on segue we all needed. Yes, I did see that you know, they're it's... they're back. <laughs> they're back, baby. There, I guess you know if the Foo Fighters. If if you thought the Foo Fighters was going to be there forever, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are actually going to be around forever. Doing <laughs> exactly what they're doing right now. Unlimited is, love is officially out. Unlimited love is out. It's dude, Drew. It's like seventeen songs, an hour and seventeen minutes oh, for man. this one. And this is like I don't even know what I don't even know what number album this is, but it's like their twelfth um, or thirteenth or something. I heard on the uh. I heard on the radio that um, Anthony, I guess he was like the, during the writing process, like Flea and all them wrote all their parts like faster than normal. So Anthony had to write like all the lyrics like at one time, and he's like kind of caught off guard how productive everybody was. So he just Anthony just wrote like pretty much bullshit lyrics just to get it done. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is what? No, I mean it's not. It's not something that is uncommon for the Red Hot Chili Peppers for the. The lyrics did not really make any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. They just got... <laughs> well, they have so many. 
did so, so many. Read, too, real they got quick. too many. Yeah. Read the title list. Read the title list, Chris. Oh my God. So so we've got <laughs> we've got a plethora of songs on here, but uh, Black Summer, Here Ever After, Aquatic Mouth Dance, Not the One, Poster Child, The Great Apes, It's Only Natural, Nice. She's a Lover, These Are the Ways, What You Thinking, Bastards of Light, White Braids and Pillow Chair, One Way Traffic, Veronica, Let Him Cry, The Heavy Wing, and Tangelo. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I definitely just go right to Bastards of Light. I mean, there's or, not or, really... Yeah. Aquatic so mouth, mouth. It's not day, really anywhere I, else to think or to go. I picked, I picked a tangelo off of a tree, off of a tangelo tree. I don't even know what Delicious. a tangelo is. The fruit green. Shit. The more you know. So what are something else, Ethan and Drew? What, what are your opinions on the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Uh don't have much of one. Yeah. Um. Never really got into them just because didn't love the. Again, like just I'll default to the noise of things like the mix. It was always the biggest thing for me growing up. Um, just never loved like the way that the, the Sonics sounded on a Chili Peppers record. Yeah. But I do think obviously there's been some interchanging of guitarists throughout the years, but I think they have some bops. Um, I think they totally. have some good ones. Um, they do. Ch- Chad Smith. I think he's best when he's next to Will Ferrell um, mm-hmm. on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the recipe for success. Other than that, um, I know people like him, and uh, that's about all I have to fucking say. <laughs> what about you, Ethan? Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm happy we got another Red Hot Chili Peppers album. <laughs> I'll say it. Uh, I put it on today when I was walking through the woods playing some disc golf, and it was perfect. It kind of, it kind of, this album kind of had some like Beck, like it kind of sounded like I was listening to Beck. But the thing is, then you have Anthony singing, and it's nothing and, like and Beck, not, <laughs> and, <laughs> and not then, Beck. And then it's like, yeah, some of the songs are like really well put together, and then the other ones, it's like Flea is doing something like completely by himself, just yes. playing a, a weird. He's just taking the bass for a walk, and like everybody has to like play along with it, yeah. and then he just. You know, they get to the chorus and he like still does something, some weird stuff. And Distracting. Then, yeah. I like it. I, I like, I like the band because, um, you know, every member and they're all unique and they did crazy stuff. Like, I really like the novelty of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, I've, I, you know, because their lyrics aren't super, I don't know, maybe super deep and stuff. I think I've always I've have, it's always been a surface, a nice surface level connection. Like they're a perfect, like background um band for me in a lot of yeah, ways yeah they're really good Ele- elevator music yeah um <laughs> but i i want to i want to touch on that because i i think that's an interesting what elevator music no the <laughs> fact that you know all the members um yeah it's i think it's like awesome when bands like when bands have members like in the Foo fighters like that too like i mean people knew taylor hawkins was the drummer but how how uh it's such an antiquated thing anymore huh Oh yeah, it's not yeah. bands are not like that anymore. Well, I mean, a lot hired, of times now you guns. just have hired. You're all hired guns, exactly. You have the yeah. the front the front person, and then you have session drummer B Somebody and else. hired gun A on lead guitar, and you know, they rehearse for a little bit before they hit the road. But I, I think a lot of times, popular music that's being made today isn't about the band; it's about the the front person. And I think a lot of times people could give a shit about 
how the lead guitarist is playing or what the bass line's like. Do you think that's because, um, maybe just generally why do you think that is? Uh, and break it down a little bit more into, do you think it's because people, like, so Guns N' Roses, you know all the names. Yeah. Is, is it because, just as an example, yeah. is it because they were all phenomenal? That's a really good question. Yeah. Is it is it because you just that's did, how bands less... were consumed back then? It, right. Is that is it that's because how, that's how bands were consumed? That's how people because... learned instruments. Yeah, and it seems like that's just where the attention the attention was at that time. And and I think now people are, I mean, there's big personalities in popular music now, and and people are people go to the show for those big personalities and and for the the individual. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it seems, I mean, I think it's all cyclical. I think at some point things will come back around again. But yeah, I, I don't really know. Um, I mean, people people seem to collaborate and co-write a lot too. And I mean, if you're in a studio cutting something and maybe the the person that you create that with might not tour with you because you're not in a band with them. So it just kind of ends up being whoever whoever's available and whoever you hired it to do it. But I mean, certainly not to say that the people on the stage with some of these big individual acts are not talented. I think the, these, these players are incredibly talented or else they wouldn't be out there, but it's, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. I think there might, what I was saying, I was, what I was thinking is like back, if you look at bands from the sixties and seventies, you know, the eighties too, I think the people, the way people learned, and wanted to play guitars they knew the guitarists on stage and if you were a drummer like you know you were learning less drum lessons from an older um you know teacher and then they would reference the the people that they listened to and i think now maybe because people can um there's like maybe more youtube drumming lessons or youtube lessons or stuff so people can look elsewhere to kind of get influences of how to to play and Mm. i also think that uh, in just in general, yeah, it's kind of moved towards the one person having all the rights in the band. Like, I don't, I don't know if it was equally split. I don't know, I don't know how the, it used to, like back in the like did Zeppelin did they like split everything equal? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's financially kind of. Oh, I mean, pro- probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. I know Weezer doesn't. I know for a fact. You know, I think a lot of bands don't. Some some people get more than the others for sure, but my hypothesis is that, uh, well, number one, guitarists, drummers, bass players, have become much less popular, right? Like it's just like yeah. playing the guitar isn't as popular as it used to be. Therefore, people in the audience don't find it as intriguing when there is a good guitar player or, or something. Like yeah, that, right. It's all... people don't know that they're good either. And people don't want to put like with with this like weird uh, accelerated sort of technological age. It's like people expect results very quickly. Yep. So learning an instrument is seems less attractive nowadays because you have to put in so much work and so much time, effort, and mm-hmm. energy. And so people don't then do that. Don't learn to appreciate the art of it. Therefore, don't look up to people who have put in the time, effort, and energy to do something. Don't put them on a pedestal so there aren't any more slashes or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think there's a little bit of that. And then with social, with social media, everything's so much, like, self-centered more. 
Totally. So it's like, oh, I'll just be a DJ. It's just me. I can just do this thing, and everybody's just focusing on me. And now DJs are like the biggest thing in the world, right? Yeah. So I like that hypothesis. Yeah. It's better than yeah. mine. That's pretty much what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> exactly what was in the head. Well, it's true. I mean, it's it was more popular back then to be in a band and to have members being like, I don't know, important. Uh, Synergy, like, yeah, like, yeah, like together, like yeah. a group, like it was like cool. Like they, you know, like, people shout out their, you know, bassist and they go through the line, like, yeah, in the back there on the drums, they do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. They do yeah. that. They do, they throw that token out every concert that you go to. Everybody knows Iggy Pop slash Gilby Clark rocking, you know. Yeah. yeah stupid you know all four members of the beatles <laughs> right uh but yeah how long until the next chili peppers album <laughs> i'm waiting already yeah no this one won't be this one will be enough for a while <laughs> I'll, I'll have to go and take an informed listen to it um i, I haven't done that yet yeah if you've listened to them before you get you know. Yeah, I I feel like I I so I, I cherry picked some of the songs and it seems like they they created it from a safe, um, uh, a safe neighborhood of the Chili Peppers city in the sense that it's a well trafficked area and it seems like the kind of music that you would expect the Chili Peppers to put out. Mm, Do you think that's what that. their fans want? Well, totally. Well oiled machine, huh? Yeah, I think it's absolutely well what they oiled want. machine. Yeah, I was gonna say people want you know another ten. So Chili Peppers are just doing that. They're just putting yep. out more, hammering know, it out. Blood there. sugar, sex, magic. <laughs> yep. Great. Hey, I mean, they, really. people, I mean, if people like it, then yeah. it has value. So not one to throw stones. Nice. <sighs> well, speaking of stones and uh, throwing things, um. Something that we talked about off camera was cheers. I'm doing what I'm doing um, what you call getting hydrated. <laughs> it's so easy. I like to see you try. <laughs> These sodies don't hydrate you. <laughs> sodies do not hydrate. Anyway, back to stones, Drew. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I was just saying uh, I was gonna throw a stone in your court and see uh, if we wanted to talk about any. Um, I know we 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 offered so all of us are pretty well traveled ish um i know well friends that is where this week's public podcast train rolls to a stop into the station uh we hope you enjoyed the last bit of time a little banter about the foo fighters and their impact on us as well as uh a uh a meandering review of the new red hot chili peppers record that is out everywhere now um as we said at the top of this episode there is more to this episode uh ethan drew and i just decided to keep it rolling for a little while one night last week and uh if you want to hear that, you can head over to our Patreon and join and check some stuff out. We're, we're trying to, uh, to do our best as time rolls on to continue to provide things for the patrons that support us because without them, uh, the regular episodes wouldn't happen either. So got to yeah. gotta support the hand that feeds us. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome time hanging with Drew. Um, yeah. It's always and a yeah. blast. And there's more. You don't really, you don't want to miss it. There's some, there's some good shit. Um, so now we have song of the week before we completely shut this thing down. So pretty, uh, mine was pretty obvious. I, I have a hunch that we might have the same song of the week, actually. Okay, well, I want you to go first because I, I don't think we will have the same okay. song of the week. My, my, my selection was a little bit haphazard. 
uh, right yeah. before we sat down today. So yeah, and who I, knows? Maybe maybe yours will change mine. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, maybe that's happened before. So yep. I think um, just the song that we've been listening, I've been touched the most this past week is has to be "I Am a River" by the Foo Fighters. Um, we watched a few. I've watched a few live performances now of that, and um, we've sent back like the making of it and. Yeah, and it just is such a. I mean, we talked about with John Kay even before all of this stuff happened, and it is such a big song and beautiful, and like the strings that the it's so moving to me, and I, it, it really holds, is. It really holds different uh, meaning now, and, and a lot more weight, and it's just such a special. It really is a special composition. So that's a no brainer for me that it's got to be a Foo Fighter, and that song is just kind of perfect for us right now. Yeah. Um, as I said, I, I think I mentioned this, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of this song until very recently until I think after Taylor passed away and yeah, it, it had been some time since a song kind of leveled me in that way. Um, the, the way that I am a river, uh, was able to do. And yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where regardless of what the song was written about, I think it's, uh, it's changed for me and I'll always think of Taylor when I, when I hear that song. And um, yeah, I mean, I've listened to it a lot since I, since I, I guess you showed it to me about a couple of weeks ago and man. Um, yeah. It's just every single time it elicits yeah. emotion. And if, if, if any, if any piece of art can do that, it's a, it's a powerful piece of art. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So is it your? Is that your song of the week? It is not my song uh, of the week. Okay. I was, I was, I was thinking about it, and right. uh, as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm, I'm still not dead set on what my song of the week is going to Uh-oh. be. But you know what? We're just gonna roll with it. Uh, I've been in this mood lately. Well, really, I've been in this mood the last couple of months. My song of the week is another selection from Petey. Hell yeah! Nice. <laughs> we got we got another one from Petey's Shout Lean out, Into Petey. Life. Shout out to Petey, man. He followed us. Petey does follow us, um, and Petey loves Modest Mouse, so we love Modest Mouse, and we love Petey. <laughs> <laughs> so we're hopeful that one day, um, you know, who knows? We're calling our shot. We're going to have him on and talk about yeah. Modest Mouse. Yeah, we're going to have fucking Petey on, and we're going to talk about Isaac Brock. and uh, That'd be so cool. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to happen. So, what's, but, so what song? So my, my song of the week is Lean Into Life from the Lean Into Life album, and... Um, I think I sent this to you yesterday, but I, I wasn't aware I hadn't watched it yet. He When he released the album, he released this like mini movie sketch thing. It's like a 25-minute thing. It's called Lean Into Life. And <laughs> I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but at the end, he's like, you know what, man? Sometimes like you don't have to like bust into life. Like that's that's too much. That's way too aggressive. It's way too sexual. You just, you just got to lean into it a little bit. Like you, you don't have to bust right through like the Kool-Aid man or anything. You just, you just got to lean into it a little bit. So um, before I saw that, I, I loved this song. And after I saw that, I sometimes, man. Made more sense. You, you, you don't have to bust. You just got yeah. to gotta lean a little bit. I mean, there's some cases where, I mean, you, you can't bust. I mean, that's not going to be good for anybody. So you just nice little lean into <laughs> lean into life. So that's so, what we're going with. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sometimes you can't. <laughs> I mean, it's right from Petey. Don't don't take it from me. Take it from Petey. <laughs> don't get it twisted, man. <laughs> yeah. So that's my song of the week. I think that's the third entry that Petey has had. Uh, he's had uh, microwave dinner. Don't tell the boys and lean into life. That's right. I did. I did pick. I think I picked. Don't tell the boys. You like, picked. Uh, don't tell the boys. Way back in the winter time, maybe even December. I can't remember, but. Nice. Uh, 
Who knows? We'll probably just complete the album I as time rolls say, on. Yeah, he's probably three songs by him. That's right behind Isaac Brock because Isaac probably has the most. See, it's it's entries. meant to be. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah Isaac and Has Modest to. Mouse. They they've definitely got a lot. Um, I think by my own doing, Mark Lanigan's got a few of yeah. them on there. Yep. Um, otherwise. I mean, there's not there's not many repeat offenders. So not really, I think I mean there's... I think that's kind of the goal is to mix around, obviously. But then we're removed by certain people that get multiple. Exactly. So. so I mean, I was I was so moved by the concept of just leaning into life, <laughs> just just a little bit, and not so, busting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to lean a little bit. I'm trying to lean into life and uh, see yeah. where that takes me. All right, everybody, it's been really fun. Like I said, the extended version is on. Our Patreon. Patreon. So please go check that out. Yes, please um, do. And we're probably a broken record at this point, but we do not care because yeah, that's important. This is our space. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys are on uh, Patreon and um, you liked it, please let us know that you like the extended cut and we will do more of that. Um, so please leave your reviews, leave your remarks because uh, we do read them and uh, we do take them in consideration. Unless it's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> Unless it, we have Unless very selective eyes. <laughs> well, one thing we are not selective about is our, 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 our wealth of gratitude for our patrons, all of our listeners. And additionally, our guest and producer this week, Drew McFadden. Um, yeah. We're always talking about how, uh, you know, this is not possible without the patron. This is not possible without Drew because I have, yeah. I have positively zero relative or necessary experience or skills. So, uh, I mean, I guess with anything <laughs> specifically, <laughs> specifically as it relates to, uh, to, to mastering and producing and, and Drew's, Drew's a godsend. He's great at what he does. And I appreciate both his friendship and his professionalism. He's yeah. the man. Yeah. He's always nice to come on and be on the pod and talk with. He adds yeah. a different aspect to it. Yeah. And that's hopefully, um, yeah, Attack. hopefully this, this is kind of like a side note, but hopefully next week I, I'm, I'm not as nasally and gross as I am. People had to listen to me for the last little bit. That's probably torturous. Maybe. I, I didn't notice. Oh, maybe I'm just self-conscious. Yeah, then. Say, it's not that bad. Who knows? I'm just trying to <laughs> lean into it a little bit. Yeah, you just got to lean into bit. life. All right. That's all I got, Chris. That's all I've got, Ethan. Nice. Well, it was great to see you this morning. It was great to have everybody's attention for the last hour and a half or however long it's been so until next week have a great week take care of yourselves everybody thanks for your time see you next week rock and roll rock and roll <laughs>